Welcome to Passage to Wonderland, literary passages to complete your day. What is modern life? It is ordinary, absurd, and incrementally devastating. The president of a holistic dog food company is haunted by a pop song from her past. A fan obsessed with a famous author gives him a most unusual present. And a domestic argument causes a surreal moment that changes everything. Or does it? These are the stories in Nothing Could Be Further From The Truth by Christopher Evans. Here's one of them. It happened during a fight, a big one. They'd each been nestled into their respective ends of the couch, swaddled in itchy striped blankets, their breath producing little white billows in the frigid air of the apartment. Brian had been in the process of providing reasons why he shouldn't be the one to call about the heat. His name wasn't on the lease, so it was Meredith's apartment, really. Brian merely lived there. He had never been properly introduced to the landlord before, only nodded to him in the foyer. And you know how I get around strangers, don't you, Meredith? Have some empathy, for once. Couldn't they just shell out for another space heater? Or throw some plastic up over the windows instead of suffering the indignity of placing a phone call? Use some common sense, Meredith. Honestly. A large part of Brian's skill lay in the fact that he appeared not to be fighting at all. The closer Meredith crept towards unhinged, the more logical and evasive Brian became. Meredith, you can't expect me to be responsible for the weather. The ease with which he explained away her feelings created in her a resentment so deep she was rendered mute. While her body stiffened with futile rage, Brian reclined deeper into the couch, feet crossed and propped on the coffee table. Don't you think you're overreacting here, Mare? Just relax. Meredith stood and paced, ragged blanket draped across her shoulders. She closed her eyes to stem the flow of useless tears, but a steady stream continued to spill down her cheeks to dampen the neck of her sweater. She tugged surreptitiously where the wool chafed her skin. Put on another sweater, if that one's bothering you. Obviously. Meredith squeezed her eyes shut as tight as she could until she saw roving, milky impressions of the overhead light on the inside of her eyelids. With her hands clenched into powerless fists, she gulped in air and tried to control her breathing in order to release the accumulation of words dammed up inside of her. Could you please have the decency to look at me when I'm talking to you, Meredith? You're being rude. It was here, at the apex of her frustration, that Meredith felt a ripple pulse through her body. It began in her chest and emanated outwards, into her stomach and limbs and head. She felt the blanket fall away, brushing the back of her calves on its descent. Meredith heard Brian gasp and opened her eyes to see a look of uncomprehending shock slapped across his face. 
She followed Brian's eyes, first up to the stuccoed ceiling, now just inches above her, then down to the scratchy blanket heaped on the floor beneath her feet. The two of them remained locked in this tableau for nearly a minute. Brian, mesmerized, anchored, bracketed by the paisley upholstery of the couch. Meredith, stunned and silent, backlit by the halogen lamp, a shadow puppet motionless in the air. Meredith blinked and plummeted. Her shins jarred painfully into her knees as she landed, and she stumbled forward, knocking fronds off the desiccated fern next to the plywood and cinder block bookshelf. Brian sat there, slack-jawed, as she picked herself up. Brian's immobility endured, but his silence didn't. Did she have supernatural powers? Dormant until her 30th year? Was she a ghost? Were they both ghosts? Had she had contact with radioactive material? Could the apartment be built on a burial ground? Had she allowed scientists to perform experiments on her? Explain yourself. The dam inside of her finally cracked and released all her words in a torrent that Brian shrunk away from, miraculously, without comment. Since her outburst, Brian had been uncharacteristically thoughtful and meek, rinsing the stubble out of the sink and trying to rub her feet. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. He stared at her with a kind of quiet awe that Meredith found oppressive. Meredith replayed each detail of the event in her head, every minute of every day since. Her own unspoken theory ran contrary to all of Brian's idiotically predictable science fiction and fantasy speculations. She remembered the rejection that had risen in her so intensely in the seconds before she floated. Meredith hadn't pulled herself towards the ceiling so much as she had propelled herself away from Brian and the shabby couch and the poorly insulated room and the unpaid student loans and the questionable future. Mare, you know how much I love you, right? She supposed she loved Brian too, or at least didn't not love him. But in that brief moment of suspension, dizzying as it was, Meredith felt a freedom she hadn't felt since she was a child, sprinting headlong into the ocean spray, a freedom she suspected Brian neither sought nor understood. Her obsession now, that she would be unable to replicate the circumstances that led to the event, that she'd never again feel as free, heightened with each sign of Brian's newfound respect. Don't worry about the recycling. Can I make you some tea? As Brian's compliance grew and his arrogance diminished, Meredith feared that she was being pulled towards him and the life they would half-heartedly build together and further from her potential. She knew that if he truly wanted to see her levitate or hover or fly or whatever it was, he should stop picking up his wet towel from the floor and washing dishes and bringing her almond croissants on her lunch break. If he reverted to his usual self, patronizing, ineffectual Brian, 
and provoked her with his thoughtlessness, he just might witness her float over their second-hand coffee table and down the hall, out through the wide kitchen window, past the stand of scraggly cedars outside, and up into the night sky. This story, Over the Coffee Table and Down the Hall, is from the book Nothing Could Be Further from the Truth by Christopher Evans. But in fact, the unsettling truth confronts Meredith every day. It exists in the cruel mundaneness of her life with Brian, in the banal pretense of what is, and the breathtaking flight of what could be. Nothing Could Be Further From The Truth is a collection of short stories by Christopher Evans, published by House of Anansi Press. Thank you for listening to Passage to Wonderland. Until next time, rest easy. Rest easy.